वेलकम टू द पॉडकास्ट ऑफ बाइला बॉलीवुड बाइला बॉलीवुड ज्वाइनिंग इंडिया एंड स्पेनिश स्पीकिंग वर्ल्ड Yeah so tell me a little bit about you know what kathak means to you and like how it shaped you as a person you are today when kathak for me is my soul my atma my breath yeah. my life mm-hmm. and uh, how it has uh, shaped me i think it's given me so much it has mm-hmm. made me understand life with all its hue mm-hmm. it's made me understand indian philosophy better it's made me more aware and knowledgeable about my own cultural heritage it has yeah. made me develop basically as a human being mm-hmm. and it's not only the artistic being that is uh, important but even as a human being mm-hmm. because it makes you uh, see all the different shades and variations and you know so i think it's given a lot to me mm-hmm. it has molded me the way i think the way i behave and also i think through that there's an awareness of the interconnectivity of all aspects of even knowledge right for example if i um, take only the rhythmic aspect of uh, kathak Mm-hmm. then look at it i mean it's like an ear world of its own it has a big each pattern is has an identity of its own a life of its own mm-hmm. and uh, it so it is just not meaningless patterns but mm-hmm. actually they speak something they convey something mm-hmm. so kathak in all its sense and of course the abhinay pieces which mm-hmm. means expressional pieces mm-hmm. obviously it is conveyed it right. is it, there is a text to it there is a storyline so mm-hmm. it is conveying so what i am saying is that both in contextual terms in whether there is text or not but in storyline in contextual terms and even in the um, intangible terms like mm-hmm. what rhythmic patterns are it conveys it conveys feelings it conveys a bhav it conveys so much of emotion Yeah. So I think it's made me understand the various hues that you know you can see emotions in everything mm-hmm. but more or more importantly it is for me it has always been a yoga okay. it has been my strength it has been because it is a bhakti yoga for me bhakti yoga and a bhakti mark for me because through that one is elevating and through that you know one is also finding inner harmony and peace not only so when you are talking about yoga it is not only the physical asanas or the pranayama i'm talking about but all the eight aspects limbs of yoga that we kathak makes me go through till i come to the stage of dhyan and that you know when i'm completely in it i remember as a child uh, once i was uh, when i was learning and i was doing my footwork okay. through my at that time my guru and my mother said uh, and even my mother said that look when you're doing your footwork and you're just going into the nadindana then go into such that you hear the music with it 
Yes. And the moment you start hearing the music within, you lose track of yourself. You lose track that you're actually doing something activity with the feet because mm-hmm. you're into that state of immersion. Mm-hmm. And that is the state of dhyana that you start listening to the music within and uh, so i think it has given me a lot for me it means a lot i have gone through a lot of highs and lows i have gone through a lot of um, challenging uh, situations that it is katha it is yeah. dance of course combined with one's own inner approach to it mm-hmm. but it which has given me the strength the determination and everything to face up to those challenges in life and move forward absolutely you know how a lot of people talk about how kathak is you know the eight rasas that go into the foundation of every dance yeah. Uh, yeah. that every performance right so can yeah. you tell us yeah. a little bit about what the rasas are and you know like how why it's important to dance yeah life in fact the moment there's life mm-hmm. means there's bhav right. and when there's bhav that means rasa now what is rasa rasa means that you experience it mm-hmm. so bhav is like you know if you're scared of something when you see a snake or something you look at it it's ferocious so right. there's a bhav but it instills in you that fear there is a recalling fear mm-hmm. you know that taste that rasa Yeah. is that rasa you know it is awful. and so similarly when you are seeing sugar or something why do or you're tasting something why do you put it in your on your tongue and you taste it because yeah. the moment you taste you experience it you exp- yeah. the moment you experiencing it that is the rasa right so you know so bhav and rasa bhav is the first step but it's the rasa which really makes you seep into it you know? mm. and in life according to the natya shastra also life means the moment there is life the moment you're breathing whether it is a being or whether it is a plant it is breathing right away as human being so there's rasa in it there's bhav in it and there's rasa yeah and that uh, in the natya shastra uh, bharata in his codification has defined it as eight rasas but later on this was expanded by the later sages to nine rasas right. the ninth rasa which was added was the rasa of shant okay the shant peace peace within yourself though of course peace is closely related with shringar when i'm saying the word shringar now the eight rasas are you uh, we are talking about uh, shringar mm-hmm. now shringar is the universal rasa it is something that is not um, tangible even if you are in a state of doing nothing you're in a yes. state of shringar <laughs> okay. it is not so because something which is pleasant which is right. not and the others are momentary the others are have a finite period to it mm-hmm. and that's a part of it so shringar is the underlying rasa in this world then of course you have uh, bhay you know which is fear shringar karuna karuna sadness Yes. now sadness you can't be sad the whole time sadness comes for a limited period there is a limitation to it and then it goes off yeah. okay so uh, there is karuna there's hasya laughter yeah. so laughter is also again it has a finite period there's a finiteness about it mm-hmm. and then it uh, so uh, hasya then raudra 
Uh, Raudra is um, anger. anger. Uh, you can't be angry 24 hours a day, 365 days a year and all your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it, there is a certain finiteness to it. Yeah. And so then you have, uh, how many did I say so? And then you have Vibhats. Yeah. Now, Vibhats is something repulsive. Yeah. Completely repulsive. And there are moments when you see something and you're repulsed by it. Then there's bhai. So bhai is fear. Yes. You're afraid of something. And then there's uh, veer. You know, I mean, there's your bravado. There's a sense of bravado. Uh, uh, it is um, uh, that you're brave, you're courageous. So, uh, that is, so that is also part of valor, that valorous. And yeah. uh, so that would be... Um, what is it called? Veer. Um, and then, um, what, what did I leave out? Please repeat all my... You are uh, Raudra. Uh, 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 see, I've already said, I've said uh, Shingar. Yes. I've said Hasya. Yes. Uh, uh, I've said uh, Shingar, then uh, Hasya, then um, Shingar, Hasya, Karuna, Shingar, yeah. Hasya, Karuna, uh, Raudra, Bhayanat, Bhaya, bhai, that is Bhaya. Yeah, yeah. Adbhuta. Adbhuta. Wondrous. Oh, Adbhuta. Wondrous. 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 You know that you, when you, like in the Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna shows his Virat Roop, I mean, you know, it is like wondrous. Then even like when child Krishna opens his mouth when he, and yeah. he's tied to the, and uh, Maya Shoda sees uh, the Trilokya in it. It's a wonder, she's wonderstruck. What happened, you know? So that's Adbhuta. And of yeah. course, the ninth, which was added later on, was Shanta. Peace. Yes. Yeah. So these are the, essentially the rasas. Right? Uh-huh. These are the, so that is why we call it Navarasa. Uh-huh. Because nine rasa. We don't say Ashtarasa. We say Navarasa. Oh, okay. You know, you also consider yourself, you know, an activist through dance. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, something like what the power of your dance uh, is. Oh, well, (laughs) I I don't know about the power of the dance, but I only emote what I feel Mm -hmm. for me. Well, I manifest my internal feeling through Mm -hmm. dance. Mm -hmm. Some people write, some people speak, some people write poetry, some people do. I mean, have different ways of expressing their emotions. I express it through dance. And uh, people call me silent social activism or whatever it is, but the uh, terminologies I leave to XYZ (laughs) 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 Uh, of uh, compartmentalizing it. But um, because uh, basically, I've grown up in a household mm-hmm. where uh, there was a lot of social service. My mother was a completely devoted social service person. Okay. She was such a social, um, you know, steeped in social service. I've never seen in my house a closed door. It was always open. Yeah. Anybody would walk inside and say, Lalita ji, we need help. My mother would be out there helping the person going to uh, villages, etc., helping people. So I've grown up in that atmosphere. Plus, I've grown up in an atmosphere of literature because uh, we had all kinds of literatures coming at our place. And my mother herself 
because you know Bhagavad Gita was sung into my ears when I was a baby, and so oh, wow. I've grown up with Bhagavad Gita, Ramayana, Mahabharat. You know that way. So it's all there within me. Right. And it was there part of my growing up. Besides, of course, my Wordsworth and Shakespeare, <laughs> which was in school, which was in school since I was in convent. At yeah. home, it was the Vedas and all the literatures, etc., which were part of my growing up. Right. And uh, Sanskrit literature and Hindi literature. So, um, in the year, I would say in the year 1982, yes. you know, there was a lot of famine going around here mm-hmm. and there. And Ethiopia, Somalia reeling under it. Uh, the eastern part of India, UP, Bihar reeling under it. You know, yeah, there was absolutely. flood and there was famine and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. and what happened at that time, there was a word called Bandhua Mazru, you know, bonded labor. There's a lot of talk about it. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so, since there was constant discussion at home, there was a constant streaming of people wanting help you know obviously i was seeing it and the discussions would be there as to what what caused it so the whole thing was that you're cutting down all the forests all the trees Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there is hardly any rainfall it's inviting famine and when there's so the vicious circle of the famine uh, it starts off a vicious cycle uh, which means uh, either the man dies in poverty, then the uh, the family is left, and she goes into bonded labor. Children are in bonded labor, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and then you know, actually, you have to correct the path yourself. Finally, so that actually led me to do my first work on environment, and way back in 1982. Mm-hmm. When nobody even talked about the word environment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Nobody. So it was the uh, the dance drama was called The Shantar. And it was a huge success. Huge success. Yeah, People suddenly just sat up. Yeah. Then I, when I was doing, you know, we as classical artists and in Kathak, you know, all the episodes from our mythology mm-hmm. are part of our, uh, you know, dance uh, repertoire. And when I was doing Draupadi Cheer Haran, you know, that in, uh, in acting out and dancing out the piece, then my mother and I said, what is this, you know, environmental terms? And that time even we were discussing with the famous jurist, mm-hmm. Dr. Ellen Singhvi, that yes. after all, even in environmental terms, you and I are the modern day Bushasans. Yeah, <laughs> and so and because the dharti, the universe, uh, the prithvi, the earth is the draupadi, and the environmental cover, we are taking it away from her, right. and so that also led me to. And he wrote a beautiful poem, Singhisa for me, saying Dushasan bas karu dharti ka chir haran mat karu phir dwapar. Uh-huh. So I did that, you know. So yeah. uh, Dushasan bas karu. So that was the next one. Then you know when I was doing Kaliya Daman. Uh, now, again, in all classical dance styles and all, you'll see Krishna dance, jumping onto Kaliya and dancing on his head, you know, and yeah. doing Kaliya, etc. And then again, what was this whole call? You know, when I was teaching, and this actually came about, when I was teaching the girls, yeah. and I said, did he subdue Kaliya or kill Kaliya? Yeah. So they said, actually, he subdued. He did not kill. I yeah. said, precisely. And that's a lesson mm-hmm. for us that you need the underwater. There's a cycle of life even underwater. Absolutely. And there's a cycle of life above water, above the earth. So, But there has to be harmony and balance. Like yoga. There's yoga of the yeah. environment, you know. <laughs> there has to be uh, balance. And uh, so that led me to th- think that even at that time, in the Kaliya Daman mythology, mm-hmm. the message being conveyed was of 
beware of water pollution yeah so you know i started looking at even mythology with renewed eyes mm-hmm. and so revisiting then um, then because of my um, yeah, i've done my masters in physics phd in physics etc so i've got this research oriented mind mm-hmm. and uh, so i said now way back in the 80s when things were not you know there was no use of lights on indian stage you know as it was just flat light and this and that no you know artistic use of light that you use this and you know blah blahs and all that so yeah. i just concentrated on my for the first time i made them just you know put cutters etc and made them just put light on my feet and wow. so yeah. three four girls came and i said it's you know spilling so all of you wear black on top and then you know just so that only the feet are highlighted mm-hmm. so i did my first whole item on just footwork called nupur and dhvani oh, pratidhvani wow. then later on also uh, on uh, uh, this uh, so uh, you know women issues obviously because as i said it was the ghar ka thing you know the atmosphere at home yeah. that about female feet aside i did oh, so yeah. much of work on the early 90s midnight on yeah. incest on incest and that too in a big kathak mahotsav you know <laughs> and but when uh, unheard of totally and i did not show anything i just showed the emotional reactions what you were calling about bhav and rasa yes. only the emotional reactions of the mother and of the affected child yes only these two and the questions raging within themselves you know what trauma they were going through mm-hmm. only these two and then so much so that the whole auditorium was weeping at the end of the program wow. i think that's one of the biggest successes like as an uncle that you can have you know yeah. moving so it's many a, people yes exactly. and so on and so forth you know so i've the, yeah. like buddha i've done so much of work on buddha along with uh, mahatma gandhi's grandson professor uh, the professor you know who was a yeah. great philosopher ramchandra gandhi yeah. i did so many works on philosophical themes because again i courtesy the home background my own inner being and of course with ramun bhai who mm. treated me like a younger sister i mean we were so much in tune with each other on the subject of philosophy so yeah. we did so much of work again which uh, was um, which was the first of its kind at that time mm. so and so on and so forth Yes. So you know, you also previously worked as an audit officer, right? So, oh yeah, I was a member of the. I uh, I was a bureaucrat. <laughs> I'm from the 1976 batch yeah. of the Indian Audits and Accounts Service. Yes. Yeah. And um, came through that usual comp- IS competitive exam. Mm-hmm. I chose the service because I wanted to be in Delhi, mm-hmm. and therefore, and I uh, worked and I. and we all rise through the grades till you reach the topmost position and i did that and i retired uh, about 8 9 years ago mm-hmm. so how mm-hmm. was it balancing that with uh, you know your dance like was that difficult uh, maintaining both sides of the uh, you know for me for me uh, it was not a challenge at all mm-hmm. because it was part of my grew up with the duality Yeah. Uh, when I say I grew up with the duality because I had my academics and my dance, so and I was academically a good student. I would always stand first, second, first, second in class. Yeah. And then I took on top of that science stream, 
so which meant a lot of work a lot of lab work and yet by then i was known as a young professional dancer mm-hmm. you know my uh, uh, my reputation as a serious professional dancer was growing at that time as a very very young dancer then by the time i finished my bsc physics honors msc physics phd i was a recognized young professional classical dancer kathak dancer yeah so for me i was always had uh, my feet were on two boats so for me that uh, physics was only replaced by uh, civil service <laughs> so, that, uh, so so for me it is quite natural i didn't uh, feel anything because yeah. if it's, uh, you say so if it becomes part of you so you learn automatically learn time management true so you know you've been given the padma shri in 1992 so tell us a little bit about what that did for you um, you know as an artist like was it sort of like validation that this is the right thing you were doing like what did it feel like well when you get any of these awards mm-hmm. uh, recognition and something like the padma award and then later on the sangeet natak academy award only constituted by the artists you know and yeah. presented by the president and so on and the delhi government award the yeah. bihar government award i think what they do is only you're very grateful to them that they have recognized your work they have all recognized the work and you know and that people are there but your effort your my puja for me dance is a puja yeah. so my puja continues unabated mm. it just continues and i only pray to god that he gives me enough strength that mm. i'm dying i am able to dance till my last dying yeah I mean that that is obviously I think the goal as a dancer is well right is being yeah. able to sort of use your medium to move people yeah. for as long as you can. Yeah. You also you know did it did it do something to you when also you had the chance to collaborate with Devju Maharaj you know who's one of the most Maharaj Maharaj was my guru. <laughs> yeah. I I learned from him when he was still an unknown quantity. I mean 1963 yeah. 64 yeah. and I was with him till 1976 oh, till wow. I had till joint service. Yeah. So I was there with him for 12 years you know. 12 years. And he I I'm, I'm so grateful to him. He used to come to my house every day to teach me dance. That's every lovely. day. Every yeah. day and never charged me a single penny. Wow. So not a really single penny about, about yeah. making art. Yeah. Yeah. So my only guru Dakshina because he is very fond of pan he still is and very <laughs> fond of meetha rabdi. So <laughs> every day he would get a huge katora of labri and, and a whole thali of pan. So what is what what is the association that the guru and the students share because you know a lot of dancers often talk about this relationship being like very important especially you know in the foundation no. when you're learning the dance. Tell us a little bit about your look about my journey or about my journey with my students. Both actually. Okay, I now let me start as uh, with both. The similarity between the two journeys is that even in Maharaji's time, there were so many girls learning from him because then you know when I was a national scholarship holder, 
then I had to go to the Kendra to learn. Yeah, so, but he, in spite of that, he would come to my house, but I had to formally go to the Kendra to learn. Yeah. Uh, since I was a national scholarship holder, so I had to be enrolled in an institution. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I saw so many girls learning, but how many of them have turned out to be dancers? Because there are some who have that metal, the yeah. thing desire to go into it. into the day. And today also you have so many girls learning, but there is a handful of them who are so dedicated, so dedicated, uh, and, you know, they want to be at it, irrespective of what uh, all the uh, challenges and they are so dedicated they want to do something in the field of dance and you know they want to dedicate themselves to the art of dance to kathak yeah and they're very very passionate about it and they and they put in a lot of hard work sadhana john kahte na shabd sadhana moon ki hai aur hama aur maharaj ji mein humme jo hi dekhte the he used to see that and that is why he would keep coming uh, every day to teach me Right. Uh, otherwise, if he had seen a lack of interest, why the hell would he have come? Yeah, true, definitely. Yeah. So, what would you say is the difference? You know, you've been in the in the art form, practicing the art form for like many years now. What would you say is the key difference between, uh, you know, people like peers that you grew up learning with versus like people who are learning the art form today? Like, what is the key difference? The difference is that a lot of youngsters today. want to make it quick they want instant success instant recognition mm. instant money instant fame now yeah. that ha- you know classical dance is not something which is an instant mm. you know you can't be- it requires a lot of dedication unless you're not in it steeped in it then i uh, you know it's hundreds i mean it's i don't know how how many um, times to the power of 100 is the kind of perspiration that you have to put in yeah and the return might be just a minimal of it mm-hmm. in terms of whatever one is seeking yeah. you know i mean the average person the average artist is seeking mm-hmm. but i think the good and true artists do are not looking for that they are looking for their art they are seeking to their art so that's the difference yeah and where, where do you see you know the future of kathak growing like do you see kathak uh, sustaining itself you know as a cultural practice do you oh, yes, yeah, oh yes oh yes 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 i do i do i do i'm extremely positive so i uh, in spite of the fact what uh, you have but as i said that even though uh, there is a large group who want to make it as an instant path to whatever xyz yeah. there is a bigger group you know there's still a very and it has always been so in all the ages in all the yugas that there's always a small part the small fraction who are the ones who carried forward other look at the history of kathak kathak yeah. has been there i mean after all the earliest mention you find no other community of dancers are mentioned the, by the name that we know them today or even by an earlier name mm-hmm. except the community of kathaks in our ancient scriptures okay. in the mahabharata in the um, mahab uh, in the mahabharata in three uh, sections adi par anushasna par sabha par the kathak community is mentioned yeah and there is so uh, like the adi parves kathakashya pare rajan shravanashya vanaukasa divyakhyanani ye chapi pathanti madhuram vicha 
So now here the Kathak Tamil, even though they they were taken as storytellers, narrators, a Brahmin, they and all they were all of them were Brahmin. Mm-hmm. So Brahmin narrated story uh, telling in the story in the temples. But this what differentiated them from the others was that they did it through the medium of abhinay of bhava, yeah, of rasa. So that means they were emoting it out. Mm-hmm. So that was the, those were the Kathaks. Then you have a third or the fourth century. I mean, depends on the uh, epigraphist. Some date it differently, mm-hmm. but there is a um, inscription, a Prakrit inscription of Maurya period, which again talks about the Kathak community as dancers. And the words are Gangae Mahanadiye Tate Sabo Kathaka. Bhingar Natena. Bhingar Natena means Shingar Mritya. Tuti Tisi Kayam, which means Tuti Karte Hue. Ehi Raya Adinaho Bhavenam Pase. With Adinath, saw it with great, you know, in raptures. Bhavenam. Bhav Bhuroka. So Ganga Mahanadi Ketakpe, Sabbo Kataka Sabhi Katakoka, Shingar Natenam, Matlab Shingar Mritya, Tuti Karte Hue. Which Adinath saw in rapture, enraptured Adinath. Right. Okay. So that is now from modern. Now even today it's there. And just imagine if you look at the historical turbulences, mm-hmm. uh, socio-political disturbances and turbulences. There were so many highs and lows, so many highs and lows, yeah. and yet it is there. In yeah. fact, there's a recorded uh, this thing incident mm-hmm. of the 17th century. Okay. That wow. is uh, recorded in the Bhaktamal. No, that is uh, 16th century. It recorded in the Bhaktamal, or later was it, uh, that one Kathak uh, was asked, who was a performer in, uh, in the temples, but so his fame had spread so far and wide mm-hmm. that one of the local Muslim Mees have wanted his, to see his performance Uh, he said, "I'm not going to go to the temple, so ask him to come on to my court and perform here." Oh wow! So now this guy got worried. Mm-hmm. Now they, uh, they said, "If you refuse him, I mean, you know, the consequences are that he'll face would dire. be extremely dire, extremely yeah. dire." Yeah. So they and so now, but you can't displease him. You can't do this. So which way are you going to go? Yeah. So he thought about it and he said, "Okay, I'll perform." And you know what he did. He says because I only perform in temples before my devata. So since he was a Krishna bhakt, what he did, he said, I can't take my idol with me because I'll be thrown out, I'll be killed. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, what he did was to take the tulsi mala. Now tulsi mala is not offensive. Mm-hmm. So he took the tulsi mala represents Krishna. Yeah. So he took the tulsi mala quietly in his palms, placed it over there. in the court in front of him and started dancing and that was his temple and he danced and danced and danced because he was dancing for his lord yes lord the tulsi that means the krishna yeah so look how all challenges were overcome mm-hmm. yeah definitely i mean that mm-hmm. i think that's the resilience that indian yes. uh, you know dance yes. forms have had uh, yeah. historically the kathak yeah. especially yeah, yeah. You know, keeping this in mind, what is something you would like to tell you know young people who are trying to like you have to summarize this? You know, if I would like to summarize, I would say that uh, for us in India, in Indian philosophy, mm. classical dance has 
played a very important role. Yes. Reason being, the, and one of the important features is, you know, we uh, dance should not be that is never taken as entertainment. Entertainment dance was different, mm-hmm. but the serious classical form was a path of devotion. There, there are two. There's a slight difference between the two, mm-hmm. and uh, so both give you pleasure. But the entertainment part of it, you know, if it's totally entertainment, then it is momentary. The feeling, the rasa is momentary. The bhav is momentary. And here in a classical performance, it is shashwat. It is eternal because the, uh, the it lingers in within you. It's there for you. It's sort of it. You're it's there within you. And that is the reason why in our Indian uh, philosophy, all the iconographies and of the important devis and devatas have been made out to be great classical artists. Mm-hmm. Shiva as the Natraj mm-hmm. with his gamru. Krishna, the, as uh, doing the Ras and the uh, known as Natwar, uh, Krishna and with his Masuri, etc. So I, you know, look at the iconography. Now this is unique to Indian philosophy. So one has to understand and differentiate between the two of pure sensual entertainment and another one is of spiritual pleasure, spiritual entertainment. So there's a uh, difference between the two and classical arts. Represent the spiritual part of it. Absolutely. That is one. Number two is that our, our classical arts are not unidimensional. It is multidimensional. It mm-hmm. makes you feel alive. It makes you see who you are. It makes you understand. And the third is, I would tell all the youngsters of today, is that look, there's no shortcut to anything. Whether you take whatever profession in life, no, there's no shortcut unless you don't. Go deep into it. Don't persevere. Put your own perspiration into it. And only when you put the perspiration will you derive the rasa from it. Mm. The rasa of pleasure, the enjoyment. That enjoyment and bliss is different from a sensual enjoyment, a momentary. And so that, uh, so it will. And therefore, one needs to go deep into any subject that one picks up in any vocation, and uh, also perspire and put your hard work in it. So I think that concludes all the questions I had for you. But is there any last thing you would like to tell me about that most people And another thing I would say that classical art also teaches you that uh, humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. humanity because uh, the behavioral pattern how to behave even your behavioral attitude and humanity yeah i think that's the universal power of dance is sort exactly. of being able to unite all these people regardless exactly. of the background exactly uh, and you know it's, it's it's what a lot of people call a universal language and for right yeah. reasons I think. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much uh, for your time. No, Uh, not at all. This is a lovely conversation. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, thank you so much. Goodbye. 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 Baila Bollywood. Bollywood.